Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and thank you for joining me today. I hope your weekend was good. And again, happy Mother's Day to all you great moms, you amazing moms, you amazing grandmas, you amazing women. It's amazing. So that's all I'm going to say because it's Monday. That's it? Well, that's a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I'm feeling amazing, though. Thank you. You are back, Rosie. I am. I missed you. You were out last week, and I, I didn't like it. Ah, but well, I, got, I listened every single day. You nice. know that. I got great help uh, when you were out, and it's nice to have you back. Ah, thanks. It's great to be back. Yeah. And I know you were well covered. I was. I was, I was. A little getting a little insecure because I know who covered me, and I'm like, ooh, he might, he might like them better. <laughs> no, that's mm. not the case. All right. All right. I've got Janita Pace in studio. I'm looking forward to her uh, talking about her new book called The Healing Names of Jesus, Finding uh, Find Freedom and de- from Depression and Anxiety. Uh, as a young girl, she had been sexually assaulted by a school peer, but was told to keep it secret. And then in college, she battled an addiction to prescription drugs, and she nearly died after the birth of her son. So she's had a lot going on. And, and um, uh, Janita, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, you're, you kind of do it all. You're an author. You are a, a, an adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where you've been hiding for these last five years because this is great to have you on. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's chat a little bit about the D word, which is a very, a lot of people are suffering from depression. Yeah. And I want to ask you, uh, when did you realize you were struggling with it? I was in Bible college and, you know, I always thought of depression as something that other people struggle with. And So when it hit me, it hit really quick. And I think it was partly biological, a lot of changes in my life. And so I wanted to keep it a secret because I was a pastor's wife and a Bible college student and felt that, you know, that's for spiritually weak people. And surely I'm spiritually strong and this will happen to me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was really a surprise for me as I went down that road. Yeah. Seems logical, natural. Mm -hmm. How did it start manifesting itself? Did you start having difficulty sleeping or what yeah, was going on? Yeah, I started on? struggling. I, I wanted to sleep all the time. And I had this dialogue in my head about how I was worthless and I was just taking up space. And I was holding my husband back in his ministry, just a lot of negative thoughts about myself. And I started to see that I was pulling away from everyone and isolating a lot, mm-hmm. spending a lot of time alone. And Janita, you had some uh, tragic experiences when you were young. I would assume that contributed to the depression. Yeah. And like I said, I think That's I can. That's trauma, def- right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and I think part of it was I didn't I didn't understand the pressures that come when you go into ministry and not realizing that I would be judging myself so harshly, thinking that I had to be a spiritual leader, which meant that I had to somehow live a perfect life, which which isn't true. But that's how I was approaching ministry at that time. Mm. That's that's a. I appreciate how vulnerable that is because there's so many people listening that are in ministry of mm-hmm. some in some way, and we are have a tendency to be a little hard on ourselves. How did I do? You know, yeah. um, 
you can become very critical very fast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So why did you feel like it was important to hide your mental health struggle? I think part of it was I just, part of it was in denial. I didn't want to face it. And part of it was I was afraid of the consequences um, that people would judge me. But mm-hmm. as I went further down the road, one thing I will say is that, you you know, I think people that are in a dark depression, you get lost in yourself. Um, I've described it as like falling into a well and both your arms are broken. So you can't figure out how to get out and you don't even know how to ask for help. So I think you find yourself in that position and you don't even know where to begin. And so the isolation um, began to feel normal to me. And like I said, there was a dialogue about dark thoughts. Like, you know, you don't have a place in this world. You're worthless. And eventually you believe the lie that your family's better off without you. And so that's what led up to my suicide attempt in 2001. Mm. We haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> so we have we have plenty to talk about. Um, if we could just back up a little bit, you did, not that I want to rehash this, oh, no, but it, it's in the book. So um, some of your experiences when you were younger... Yeah. And there, there's almost like they're, they're getting stacked up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some sexual um, trauma, right? Yep. Um, and so you had a number of things which either you deal with it or they deal with you. Yeah. Did I say that right? <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because you're a counselor, <laughs> licensed counselor, so that's helpful. Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot that you don't want to look at in your life. And I think part of it was... I was addicted to prescription drugs. I'd been using those for a number of years to kind of cope with stress. And my husband meant well, but he wanted me to stop cold turkey. And we look back now and we kind of think, oh, man, what were we doing? But I I tried to not, you know, to not use them. Mm -hmm. And I think when I pulled back on that is when I realized there were so many things I'd I'd been hiding and I'd been using that to cope. Taking away that meant that I suddenly realized I couldn't handle my life. Mm hmm don't take this question wrong, but when you were uh, at church as the as the pastor's wife, were you doing your best to be presenting kind of an imposter to the world? I mean that in the nicest way. Yeah, no. But I mean, you have to show uh-huh. up and have your game face on, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And and I think the 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 worse I got, the harder it got. The more I disappeared from the church, then then the worse I felt about myself, and the harder it was to go. So it became a real vicious cycle. But absolutely, you do what you feel is you know you want to you want to present yourself as having it together. Totally, that's what you're supposed to be, right? Yeah, yeah. So did you start to isolate more? Definitely, I I, I began to disappear more and more. Ooh, yeah. And that's never good. No, I remember watching National Geographic one night with my son and showing how the predators were working to get one yes. of the pack alone to pick it off. And I thought, oh my gosh, that, that I think was I, the I think picture. I saw that episode. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Because if it's the same episode, I can't get it out of my head. Right. Yeah. I can't get it out of my head. And one kind of wandered off alone, and mm-hmm. then that was the one that got it. It's attacked. always the one that gets picked off is the one that's alone. Yeah, yeah it gets isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Janita Pace is my guest. Uh, her book is The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And so w- let's talk about the, this feeling of being afraid or ashamed to admit a struggle. Talk to those people right now. I wish I could just have coffee with each of those, you know, each person. Be a lot of that, coffee. <laughs> that would be like. But I like, I mean, so I do too, yeah. but it'd be a lot of coffee, <laughs> a lot of chai tea on my side. Right. Yeah. But to have, to have the opportunity to just explain to them that, yes, I totally understand. I think that, you know, being in that place where you feel like in order to shine Jesus light, you have to be all put together. And the beauty in that 
when we aren't put together and we're just authentic is when God really can shine through. I mean, I think that's where, you know, Paul talks about in his weakness, he's strong. And yeah. so um, being able to shed that that feeling that you have to have it all together and actually celebrate the fact that we don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. But that is hard to navigate. Let's just yeah. say what it, that's going to be very challenging, right? Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. And not everybody, I'm going to be frank, like we had, it, it was a shame because our church that we were ministering at did not understand mental illness. And so they brought the elders over and we thought they were coming to pray for us, but they came to ask, you know, what sin I had committed in order to bring this on. Mm. And so it, it was a lonely time. I mean, you, you have to be aware that when you do bring forward something authentic like this, you know, you might face people that don't understand it and being able to follow the truth and not allow those voices to drown out the truth is really hard. Mm-hmm. So well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but miss the mark. Miss the mark, yeah. absolutely. I mean, if you had a diabetic attack and you needed insulin, mm-hmm. would they come over and ask you what sins you haven't confessed? <laughs> right. No, I'm, not try- I'm not trying no, to be cute. I'm just trying to say... It's it, so true. It's a chemical issue, right? Well, and and regardless if it's biological or it's emotional, the last thing that person needs is more shame and guilt. They already are putting it on themselves in heavy doses. They don't need more. Mm. So let's talk about uh, some of the healing steps for for people who are suffering from depression and anxiety. Oh, man, it it's such a journey. I, I You know, this is 20 years in the making. I know. And I, I had a Bible college professor. I, I told him I was frustrated how slow my healing was going. And he said, Janita, if... If God started a nation with barren women one baby at a time, I can tell you that this is probably going to be a slow process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've always remembered that. So it is a long process. But this book was, I, I wrote this book because this is the book I wish I would have had 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. If I could hand myself something, this is what I wish I would have I had. I love books like that. I mean, this <laughs> is the book you wanted to read. Yes. You know, I, I sometimes, uh, I, I come in wanting to do, do the radio show I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So it comes from a place of passion and a place of um, kind of what, mo- what, what, what motivates you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Janita Pace is my guest. Her book is The Healing Names of Jesus. And I think we're going to get to those eventually, right? I would love to. Yeah, sweet. Uh, find freedom from depression and anxiety. And Janita is nice enough to offer us five copies of her book uh, to give out today. So if you want to get in on the drawing for one of these copies... Text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, that number is 877-933-2484. I have her for the whole hour. We're going to continue to talk about her book, The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. But if you have a question, she's a licensed counselor, you can text that over to me at the very same number, 877-933-2484. Be right back. Just join me, maybe climbed in your car. I've got uh, Janita Pace in studio. She's my guest. 
She's written a book called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And so, Jeanine, let's get to uh, your the title of this book. What are some of the healing names of Jesus, and why are they important for healing? One of the things that was so neat about doing this book is realizing that God is so big that he has so many metaphors and descriptions of himself to meet different specific needs of people with depression. So it was really neat to dive into all of these different names, and and I love all of them. Um, And some of them came while I was writing. Um, One of them that really hits home for me is um, the name artist, because like I said, I think one of the one of the core lies that I hear people with depression believe is that they are worthless. And as I was working through that name, realizing that, um, you know, when you go to an art gallery, you don't expect the art to actually do anything. It's just valuable because of the person who put it together. And so it was just transforming for me to realize that I'm not valued because of what I do. I'm valued because of who I am and how I was made by God. And because when you're depressed, you are limited on what you can do as you try to get better. Mm-hmm. And so it was just really digging into names like that, where you find out that God has purposely given himself different titles in order to to show us pieces of who we are and who he is. Mm-hmm. And repeat that title again. Artist. Artist. Mm-hmm. And where do we find that? Oh, as far as like in the book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 in the book. And I, I pulled out day 15 and Ephesians 2.10 is one of my favorite passages. Okay. Where it talks about us being a piece of art. I also think just when we look around creation and how we always marvel at creation, but that the fact is that God is, um, when it talks about what God sings about, he sings about us. Yeah. So in all creation, he has all these amazing, um, you know, waterfalls, mountains, um, animals, but what he gets inspired by is us, which I think says a lot about our value. I love that. So I'm just trying to connect those dots. That's all I'm For trying to sure. do. Yeah. Um, because I don't know anywhere specifically in in the Bible where he's referred to as the artist, mm-hmm. but he is in fact the artist. Yeah. Like yes. when you read about us being masterpieces, you read about of his. Of course. Yeah. 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 And that's so, always exciting. Yeah. Right. All right. So now that we kind of know the rhythm of it, let's go to another name of Jesus. Well, you know, another one in here that was what went just straight to the core of of my depression was son of man. You know, I read that all growing up as a kid. No one ever stopped to think about why would he call himself that? It seems kind of obvious to call yourself a son of a human. But um, I think what he was trying to communicate is that we go through life and we suffer because this world is so harsh. But he chose to come and he chose to suffer and he chose to live a very, very hard life. If I had been told that God was coming to live on the earth, I would have pictured him coming as a prince or a teacher, living a very happy, lovely life, um, dying very old and very comfortably. But instead, he comes and he lives a life of sorrow, and he spends most of his life as a carpenter, and he experiences, you know, he goes through the human experience, which I think says a lot about who he chooses to be. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeanette, it's going to be very easy for me to remember that you've got 31 names for Jesus because growing up, of course, I went to Baskin Robbins, <laughs> 31 flavors, of which I believe I sampled all of them. I love that. I'd love to point. go through psychologically and see which flavors match which name. I that would be kind of nice. That'd be kind of good. So let's uh, let's let's do a, several more. I love It'd be it. Fun. I love it. Um, you know, another one in here that was really helpful for me, um, and it's it's Lion of Judah because I think. Whether I talk, you know, going back on my story, and and by the way, I still struggle with depression. So this isn't something that is just over for me. It's still a daily walk with God. And 
before I even wrote the book, one of my favorite names was the Lion of Judah because lions, male lions, their whole job is to walk the territory, the boundaries, and keep all of the hyenas and all of the you know other lions out to keep the herd safe. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do all day long. And so praying to the Lion of Judah that he would walk the boundaries of my mind to keep those lies out and just to really drive them out when I don't feel like I have the strength to do it. Uh, that's very, very powerful. Yeah. So yeah. it's so far, I think that's my favorite. <laughs> well, I definitely, I've, I even in my, you know, there was this lion called Intua de Mela. It was a very famous lion in Africa. I watched a lot of videos on him to just get inspired. And his tenacity to protect his pride was just, it, it, his name meant um, he who greets with fire. Ooh. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And so having even just Antoine de Mela as the picture of this just intense desire to keep all danger away from his family wow. really painted a picture for me. That's a great image to have in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it helps you, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I still, when I pray in journal, I choose the name that I really feel fits what I'm going through. And I pray to that dimension of God mm-hmm. and that helps me bring it home. That's really cool. All right. How about another? Oh, man, I love this. Um, oh, good, because we, we have more time. You know, the other one is wind. And I that was actually not one that was on the, the original list. Um, so wind? here's how, yeah, I made 31 names that I was going to do, and then God cut about 10 of them and then re- gave me different ones. So okay. it's kind of funny to go through this shuffle. But when I was reading about how the spirit is called wind, you know, and, and it's just a small... Jesus is talking to Nicodemus explaining like, you know, the wind, you know, the spirit is like the wind, it blows and you don't know where it's going to send you. I didn't, I wasn't going to look at that name. It was one sentence, but then I began, I felt like God, you know, take a look at that closer and realizing that wind in its role in the earth is to move things around. Otherwise the world would just become um, like water without oxygen and everything would just get toxic. And so God kind of showing me, um, I went to a park to sit and pray and I watched all these leaves blowing around and God showing me just through my own story, like, you don't know where I'm sending you, but if I don't, if I don't move you, if you don't trust me, um, then you won't grow. And I know moving around in your world can be hard, but trust me. And so when I first got out of the hospital in 2001, I literally went and met with God and said, what now? Like, I can't go to ministry. I've been in a psychiatric hospital. No one's going to want to hear from me anymore. And going back to that picture of God being the wind, you know, saying, you you don't know where you're going to go. So you're just going to have to trust me that I do. So sometimes in my mind, when I'm worried about what's going to happen next, um, like we just got news that my husband's struggling again with his, his um, he's got a brain disorder. And so again, I'm like, okay, God, you know, where are you going to take me? But trusting that he already knows. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of comfort in that. So I don't have to do all the math in my life. <laughs> no, those are very courageous words you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, very. they're not mine words. <laughs> they're no, not no, my no, words. No, yeah. but they're courageous. Yeah. Because you've declared that you are going to let God take care of you and him. Yeah. And those are courageous. Yeah. I mean, a name that is in the book too is doctor. And, you know, um, we go to Mayo a lot. So we know the doctors. We're on speed dial with Mayo. And if Tim wasn't struggling, then we wouldn't know these doctors personally like we do. And it occurred to me that, isn't it great that I, having depression, I can't afford to not go to Jesus, the doctor, every day. Yeah, the um, great the great healer. Mm-hmm. I have to be in his presence every day. And so one thing I talk about in the book is that depression, weirdly, has been a blessing in that I have to stay spiritually close to him at all times. Mm-hmm. That I know to be true as well. Okay, Janita, let's uh, do a couple more. These are great. I, I love these. 
Well, you know, the the name um, Potter was actually kind of fits with artists, but I, I decided to do that name and I felt pretty confident that it wouldn't be that hard. So I thought, I'll just look into pottery. Can't be that hard. Well, any potters that are listening, you know, you're laughing at me already because <laughs> I, I got a book on pottery and thought this can't, and I, it's just totally overwhelming, like different types of clay, different types of like glaze and I mean, compounds and paints. And I mean, I just got totally lost. And, <laughs> and again, going into just one name, but realizing that what God is communicating is I, I, my creation plan for each person, the way I make their body, the way I make their personality, they have a specific place in my kingdom and in my family. And it's so far beyond. Um, it's just so creatively designed. Um, again, so the more I jumped into some of these just quick names and I went in pretty confident that I'd, it would be pretty easy. I, mm-hmm. I just it was a wealth of information that really helped me understand that God God wants us to dig and we find amazing things. Yeah. And when the artist is at work, you just never quite know all the components and all the elements and everything that he's going to be using. Yeah. I mean, like I got one book on just pottery and culture and it explained how every piece of pottery is unique because you make each one unique and between the, the use it has and the shape it has and the paint it has, each piece is unique. And so when I see my clients struggling and they're talking about how I'm worthless and I don't have a purpose. I just want to send them back to some of these metaphors because there's a reason that God wants to bring himself to life using things that we know. Mm-hmm. All right, Janina, we have a couple minutes before we go to break. So I don't know if I'm going to ask you to start another one because I think there's still time for us to explore many, many more in your book. Uh, Janita Pace is my guest. Her book is called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And when did this book come out? It just came out in January. Nice. So, um, and how do we get a copy of this? It's available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, okay. um, Christian Book Distributors, Target. Now, having said that, Janita, I have five <laughs> copies to give out to listeners. Yeah. So if you want to get in on the drawing, I think you know the drill. Text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Eight four, just just the word book. Those four letters, no quotations, nothing. Just book eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. And if you have struggled with depression or anxiety, you know uh, exactly um, how much this book and the contents in it can help you. Um, if you have dark thoughts or feelings, I just want you to know we love you and we care about you and we are thinking about you and we want to know how we can help and how we can pray for you as well. So. If you have a question for Janita, you can send it over on the text line to 877-933-2484. Otherwise, after a short break, we will be right back. Show with Bill 
My guest is Jadita Pace. She is a licensed professional counselor. She's an adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern. And we are so glad to have her talking about her book called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. You, uh, Janita, had a an episode of uh, almost taking almost taking your own life. Yeah. So Could you share that with us? Yeah. So, again, I think with depression, you find yourself in a place where, again, you picture both your arms broken at the bottom of a well, and you start to think, I'm never going to get out. And when the hell is your own mind... It's, you know, you start to think about how death would just be such a relief. And so I had planned when Tim went to work one day that I would I would take my own life. And um, he left for work and I was kind of getting things in order. And he forgot something and came home and walked in on me. And, um, you know, you talk about a broken moment in your marriage. And, and I just, he cried and I cried. And so um, I was admitted against my will. I didn't want to be admitted. But um, when I was admitted, I just... Oh gosh, I just felt so lost. And you know, when you're flipping through the Bible and you don't even know where to read, you're just just desperate. And I read Psalm 121, which starts off, um, "I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord." And just read that over and over. Was in for a week, and when I got out, I had a message from one of my Bible college professors named Steve Bradley. And then the message he said, "Janita, I just felt called to read Psalm 121 to you on your voicemail, and I don't even know why." <laughs> Wow. So it was a moment that reminded me, okay, God, yeah. you're you're still here. You're still in it. And so he wanted me to meet his wife who had gone through depression when they were on the mission field. And I didn't want to meet anybody. Um, but he was insistent. Janine, this is really important. So I met Pat. Pat Bradley was her name. And um, so she began just, she would just come over and sit with me. Uh, she would tell me, um, you can't pull your bootstraps up when there's no bootstraps. So you don't have to work at this. You know, we'll we'll walk with you. Um, she called me in the morning and, um, so she started mentoring me and, um, about, um, a few months into her mentoring me, she, she died suddenly unexpectedly. And I got a phone call from Tim at work that Pat had died. And, um, I was just emotional. I was crying. And, um, so I walked to the mailbox to kind of just clear my head and, and there was a card in there from her. She'd mailed the morning she died and it just said, I just had a feeling I needed to write this down that God's going to use this because I, I don't think you believe it, but I do. And so I've carried that card with me as a reminder. I think that that was a moment that I, you know, because I was so frustrated thinking again that if you have depression and you've had a suicide attempt, that your story is too dark and you will not be used by God. And to have Pat in writing say, like, no, it's going to be used. You just don't know yet. And you received that after she had passed away. Yeah. She had put it in the mail and then you received it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it, but it, you know, we decided to move, we were in North Carolina, we were South Carolina at the time. We moved to Minneapolis to get help and I started an intensive therapy program. And um, as I got into the program, I got really excited about the material. It wasn't a Christian program. It was just a, you know, DBT program. And I told the uh, my counselor one day, I think I want to be a therapist someday. And, and he said, oh, Janina, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're excited. But, <laughs> you know, um, but and but I just thought, you know, God, God sh- tends to choose the least, which I think reminds all of us like that we need him and he does it. So um, he does extraordinary things with ordinary people. Yeah. And, and I think like, I, you know, going back to the Bible of all the people like, Esther, an orphan, and, and David, the youngest, and um, 
you know, he, he just tends to pick people that are unlikely because I think those are the people that everyone will know it was him and not them. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing piece of your story, Janina. Um, thank you for sharing that. I know that yeah. it probably is not an easy thing to talk about. but Well, it's definitely been. Um, I wish Pat was here. I know she would call me. She was pretty feisty. She would like called me and said, I, I, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's what she would say. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, can we go back to a few more names? The Healing Names of Jesus. Yeah. Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. That's the name of Janita Pace's book. Yeah. I'm giving her time to page. Look for another one. Well, you know, the one that, um, the one it ends with is called The Family. And um, I think one of the things that I didn't realize is that I was trying to do life alone. But then one day... I realized that Jesus doesn't do life alone. So if he can't do life alone, how could I do life alone? Um, and so the fact that Jesus and the Father and the Spirit are always in community with each other and they do things together. And so we're not meant to try things alone. And so I I wrote the family um, based on, we, we adopted my brother from Korea and um, I still remember as a kid, we were so excited and we were waiting for him and um we had his picture on the wall and we made this room for him and we, we counted on the days. And when he came, we, we got all dressed up, went to the airport, you know, he got off the plane and we just couldn't wait to get him. And how much more so does God feel about us? You know, if that's the excitement a human family has about adoption, I mean, how incredibly excited God is about his children. Um, and I've had the pleasure of adopting and, and my son is just, I couldn't wait to sign those papers. I mean, I was itching to get that done so that he could really legally be mine. Mm-hmm. And so how neat that we get this picture of how just absolutely in love God is with each listener. So if you're listening, you just have to know that um, God is absolutely thrilled about you. Like he sings over you. He's excited about you. He can't wait to see you. And I just don't think that had ever hit home when I was depressed. How could it? Yeah. And I don't think before I had gone through depression it ever, I, I didn't picture God as excited about me. But you realized when you are in the pit of it, it's really hard to think straight because you kept saying to yourself over and over, I'm not worth anything. So mm-hmm. there, there again is the opposite lie at work. Yeah, and it's too much work for my family at this point to come down into the well and get me. It's um, I, I cringe when people say that suicide is selfish because... Honestly, as someone who's attempted, you really, everything feels upside down and you feel like you're actually doing your family, you're giving them a gift by not making them work anymore to save you. So weirdly enough for the person that's in the other, you know, who's attempting, they think that they're actually helping their family, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Yeah, is it ever. All right, is there, uh, let's keep going. If you don't mind, because these are so good. I don't good. mind. I don't these mind. These are so good. I know you've well, got... Well, you know, like, another one that wasn't um, it wasn't on necessarily the original list was Lord of the Sabbath. I, um, I went for a walk. So I went to North Carolina to get some time to write this. I went to DuPont State Forest, went for hikes. And um, it just, I realized that part of my, now that I'm, I'm not, um, you know, going through depression, I still struggle. And part of it, I also struggle with anxiety. So I have kind of two different elements going on there. And um, it was really a radical day one day when I realized that sometimes my anxiety is actually doing me a favor by telling me that something's wrong. And what I had been overlooking was the fact that I was never resting 
you know, I felt, again, you go back to feeling like you have to earn your worth, right? So you better do a lot of things to make God super happy. And then um, you run yourself just into the ground when um, God calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath, which means he specifically wants us to rest. So I never thought about rest as actually an act of worship. That was a new concept for me. So if, if you're struggling with anxiety, I think one of the things I have to ask myself even now is, is my anxiety wrong or is it actually telling me, hey, like you you need rest and and your body's saying, I'm not going to go any further. Um, so that was not a name that it didn't come out until I was writing the book and I was working too hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So even in writing the book, I felt like I learned a lot. So. Yeah. I had Susie Larson on, I think a week ago or so ago, and she talked about uh, being wired and tired. Yeah. Where you're living on this adrenaline surge and this, these cortisol dumps all day. <laughs> yes. And you're literally exhausted at night and you can't sleep. Right. And, and I think it's like our body's like saying like, no, I, I refuse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what mine is doing. You know, yeah. I refuse so you to go for all excited to finally call it a day and go to bed and then you get in bed and you can't sleep. Right. That's nuts. It is. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, can, would you talk about the generous host? Yeah. So, you know, um, Tim and I, we, we should, oh man, our life has been insane. And, and one of the there was a period in our life when we uh, we lost everything because Tim was in the mortgage business, and many of you know that business really fell apart some years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, instead of getting uh, our house was going to get foreclosed on, so we moved to this tiny, tiny house in North Carolina. It it originally was a one room house. It was built in like 1930s, <laughs> heat in one room, um, all the bedrooms, everything else been added. So it was just it was it was pretty basic. And I was so mad at God. And my message to God was, I've tithed. I've been a good person. What have you done to me? Like you've taken everything from me and you owe it to me. I didn't realize that was the stutter of my heart. I mean, I thought, you know, um, but Tim and I, our marriage had really fallen apart. And so God put us in this one room house to work it out. (laughs) And, and, um, I think in wrestling they call that the cage, the cage match. <laughs> it was the cage match. I mean, and honestly, like, even if we wanted to get divorced, we didn't have the money to get divorced. I mean, we were just, we were miserable in our marriage. But I tell you what, what a generous thing for God to do. Mm-hmm. To make us, give us exactly what we needed. But I didn't feel he was generous at the time. So sometimes I think God's generosity comes in forms that we don't, we don't see as generous. But looking back was exactly what we needed. Mm-hmm. So, Janita Pace is my guest. The name of her book is The Healing Names of Jesus. We do have five copies to give out, so if you'd like to get in on the drawing, and many of you would like to, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, the word book, nothing else. 877-933-2484. Um, Janita, let's talk about brother. Hmm. That's uh, day 19 in your book. Yeah, you, you know, um, I so we've had the privilege of adopting um, Matthew. He was in uh, foster care for a number of years. And um, he came to us and we adopted him when he was uh, 13. This is you and Tim? Yep. Okay. So two years ago we adopted Matthew and we only had one son, Carter, who, um, you know, only child for years. And so um, talk about an adjustment of sharing everything in his life with Matthew, who's 13. 
And um, so it's been incredible watching Carter play a role in the adoption. Um, And it just made me think of God's only son, Jesus, taking on that role of, I'm going to share everything I have with with these other adopted children. And and not only that, but I'm going to pay the adoption price for them. Hmm. How old is Carter? Carter is now, he was uh, 16 at the adoption, so he's 18 now. Yeah. All right. Wow. So So he's a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. And he's got a 13-year-old brother that's moving into the house. Yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah, and he's going to share. we're going to call each other brothers, and we're going to try to, I mean, that's <laughs> that's an amazing challenge. Yeah, and there was, a, there was a moment where this name came to life for me. We were at a waterfall in North Carolina because we used to live in Nashville, and uh, Matthew had never been to a waterfall before, and uh, he was kind of struggling. And so I watched. I was far away, but I saw Carter helping Matthew try to, to skip the rocks to get closer and he was struggling. So Carter took off his shoes, got in the water and started, he would grab Matthew's hand and just guide him rock by rock. So he didn't have to get in the water. And it was just a picture of like, here's this, here's Jesus who has this perfect relationship with his father and they all love us. And they agree to do this adoption plan. And Jesus is the one that decides to pay the price and, and then, just like Carter, walks every step with us. Wow. Yeah, Rosie's crying now. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Sorry, Janita. Rosie. Now I got Rosie crying. <laughs> All right, we better take a break. Uh, Janita Pace is my guest. Her book is The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. And we have five copies to give out. And so all you have to do is text the word book to 877-933-2484. And we'll be right back. glad to have Jeanita Pace as my guest today. And if you're like me, you are uh, thoroughly enjoying her topic. Her book is called The Healing Names of Jesus and Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. So Jeanita, maybe we could spend some time uh, with you telling us how God restored not only your mental health, but your marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, everyone who's listening, you know, marriage is just such a, it it can be such a difficult road, especially when mental illness collides in there somewhere. And so talk about Tim and I trying to figure out how to do life with depression in there. And, and again, I still struggle with anxiety and depression. So this isn't like it's the fight's over. It's every day. But Tim and I have had to work out how to make depression um, our common enemy instead of letting it get between us and so we've we've started to do some some talks and 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 give some more information to folks on how to walk that together with the caregiver and the person who's struggling how do you work together to to take on depression as a couple and I think that journey started after my suicide attempt and we've been we've been walking through that since then you know every day um, working as a team 
And um, I, I, I continue, like I said, to go to the doctor every day, Jesus, and um, spend time getting spiritually stronger. Tim helping me um, by help, you know, giving me a gauge on how he sees that I'm doing. Um, but then also Tim learning how to, um, you know, he needed his own resources. He had to get a therapist for himself. He had to get counseling to to be able to deal with the pressures that he was facing. Um, and then it revolutionized how we approach ministry. We're, Obviously, I'm on the radio. We're very open about what we've gone through, mm-hmm. but but realizing that this is something that so many people are struggling with, that it's important to feel the freedom to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. One of the things you said earlier in the first half hour, which I've been sort of stuck on a little bit, and that was some of the spiritual mistreatment and abuse that you had uh, because you were struggling with depression and they, uh, the elders sort of said, all right, what, what's your sin? Mm-hmm. And maybe I would love for you to to talk about how people of faith um, can be aware of this so maybe it doesn't continue. I think it's hard for anyone who hasn't been hit by depression sometimes to understand what it really looks like. And so, you know, I, I think unconsciously, you know, subconsciously people don't realize that if you can assure yourself that it's based on a sin, then somehow you can choose to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But if you open up to the idea that this can happen to anybody, so that can be a little more scary for people. So I think the church being open to the fact that just like you said, diabetes, epilepsy, I mean, this is something that anybody at any time can go through. And instead of being scared of it, we should be able, you know, following Pat and Steve Bradley's example of pushing into love, being present. Obviously a lot of people don't know what to say or how to help, but just being present is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And not feeling like you don't have to, you can't save anyone necessarily, but you can definitely be part of that ministry that just shows up. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big part of it. Janita Pace is my guest. And here's a question, anonymous, of course. The Bible study leader saw that someone in our group was suffering from depression and offered to pray for her. Great. Sensing it was safe, I offered that I had anxiety. She looked at me and said, have no anxiety about anything. Wow, I was speechless. Comment or response? Oh, man. First of all, I'm so sorry that that happened. Me because. Too. Here's the thing that I tell myself, you know, Jesus, thankfully, he's so transparent and he, he has a total panic attack in the garden before he's about to die. If one of my clients came in and said, my panic attacks involve sweating blood, I I would be like, that's, that's the most extreme panic attack I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. you know, but Jesus shows us that it's not about you, when it says, don't be anxious, you know, when you're a parent and you go in and your kid's scared, you don't say, don't be afraid. You say, don't be afraid. And so I think the tone of that is don't be anxious. It's not a tone of condemnation. It's definitely a tone of comfort. And so I just want to apologize to that person and tell them your heavenly father isn't saying it in a tone that's condemning. He's saying to you, it's okay, don't be anxious. And he's showing us that even when we are anxious like Jesus was, he doesn't just leave us to figure it out. He sends, you know, he sends spiritual support. So, mm-hmm. Like a paraclete? Would that <laughs> like be, a paraclete. Can we talk about that on day yeah. four in your book, The yeah. Healing Names of Jesus? So what's so neat about paraclete is there's different moments in my life when I realized that the spirit, when he comes into live in our hearts, he agrees actually to experience our emotions with us. And so what a calling to go through life with us. And so to know that when we're anxious, part of that, the paraclete word has different meanings, but one of the pieces of the meaning is um, counselor and comforter. So literally the best counselor ever, um, feeling the same emotion we're feeling. And then also having words of encouragement that don't be anxious, very calm, very, very sweet, very, very supportive, not condemning. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know what about uh, our past mistakes? Um, maybe they are getting in the way of us making our progress. What should we do if we're going to be if we're feeling haunted by guilt from our past? Well, it's interesting. The paraclete also addresses that because the paraclete, it's a counselor lawyer word. So Mm -hmm. it's a double meaning. And the lawyer concept is that um, God has created this system where he calls us a new creation, which I've heard all my life. Again, these are words I've heard all almost all my life. But suddenly it occurred to me that, you know, the heroes of our faith probably wouldn't be accepted as elders at our church. So, I mean, David slept with someone who's not his wife, killed one of his closest friends, um, you know, and somehow he's still called the man after God's heart. Mm -hmm. So what's so beautiful about our faith is the more we make mistakes, the more we make poor choices, it just shows the stronger power of grace in our gospel. So I would definitely tell each person, look, what you've done, it actually manifests grace so much deeper and your testimony will have so much more power. And so... Don't let the enemy convince you that you're disqualified. Mm-hmm. When you do counseling, what do you understand to be the roots of some of the the majority of the mental health and emotional issues? Well, honestly, I think some of them we, we've you know touched on. As far as I think for Christians anyway, I think a lot of it is this pressure to feel like you've you've got to. Um, even though we say we don't have to earn our salvation, I still feel like there's something in us that makes us feel like we have to be good. We have to show up and we have to perform and we've got to be involved. And it's not that God isn't calling us to ministry, but I definitely think somewhere along the lines we get it crossed with our self-worth. And um, the minute that we begin to feel unworthy is when the enemy can come in and convince us that mm-hmm. God doesn't want to be with us. So because we are just coming off Mother's Day, day 29 is Mother Hen. <laughs> yep. Again, not on the original list. <laughs> yeah. And I Again, just I'm, I'm laughing because I'm sure God looked back and was like, oh, yeah, you're going to not. No, some of these I'm going to replace. Um, okay. So when Jesus has this incredible, incredible journey into Jerusalem, everybody's celebrating. And then when he gets through, he starts crying over Jerusalem, which seems like a strange reaction. But he says, I, I wish I could. I could gather you like chicks gather, like a hen would gather her chicks. And so I thought, oh, what is that about? Well, what's neat when you look at, again, I, I watched YouTube videos because it was really interesting to see how hens protect their chicks is they actually, chicks actually have no concept of danger, don't even know when they're in danger, no idea. But the hen knows, and so they stick real close to her. And then the minute she senses danger, she tucks them all under her wings. So they literally disappear like any predator that's flying above them, they all of a sudden, they can't see them. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really cool image. And I would recommend people go on YouTube and, and look at it, where suddenly all of these little vulnerable chicks just disappear from danger. And so that picture of Jesus just weeping, again, if God told me he was going to heaven, I wouldn't picture these kind of emotions, but grieving because he wants so badly to gather people to him. Mm-hmm. Janita, where can people find out more about uh, you and your ministry? So my website is threeriversmn.com. Threeriversmn.com. Yeah, and on that website, there's a video of my testimony, and there's also videos of Tim and I walking through some steps for couples. And then they can also get information on the book, and there's a free downloadable group guide. So um, if churches or Bible groups, you know, club want to do this as a community it has it has it broken down into seven weeks 
and they can meet and have additional questions, addi- you know, additional material to walk through. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now with a group of teen girls, and nice. it's been really great. Nice. Of your 31 uh, healing names of Jesus, do you have one that always jumps to the top of your list? Oh, dang. I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to appear obvious, but we've talked about a lot of them. Yeah, right? honestly, I, I, again, I would say Line of Judah was, was yeah, the Yeah, I think that might be my favorite, one, too. I pray really cool. Yeah, I pray that all the time. Um, you know, and even just the anatomy, when I looked into male lions, they, their eyes have an ability to, uh, can take in any amount of light and mirror it back so they can see in the dark. Um, so they see perfectly fine in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, okay, God, when my life is dark, I need you to walk the borders and keep me safe because I can't even see. That's a strong so, way to finish. Yeah. Really good. Gina Pace, thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, thank you for having nice me. Nice to meet you. Her book is called The Healing Names of Jesus. Find freedom from depression and anxiety. If you have uh, want to get in on the drawing, we have five copies of her book to give out. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. And that's the show for today. I'm already looking forward to tomorrow. I hope you have a great night, and I hope you learned something about our loving Jesus today on the show because he does love you and he is uh, he rejoices over you like Janita said so have a great night and know that he uh, he is thinking about you loving you and caring about you and I do too so I'll see you tomorrow have a good night Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.